Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1027. Can you turn fat into muscle? By Sirdar Tunjala of nerdgettingfit.com. And I'm your host and narrator, Dr. Neil. Hey, happy middle of the week Wednesday and welcome back to Optimal Health Daily where I read some of the best health and fitness blogs to you, usually with a little bit of my commentary at the end. Now, today's episode is a perfect complement to what we were discussing on Monday and Tuesday's episodes. In those episodes, I read from J.C. Dean, and he discussed building bigger muscles, which is often referred to as hypertrophy. Sirdar is going to expand on this concept and discuss some of the myths about body fat and muscle growth, or hypertrophy. But it's the middle of the week, and like I do every Wednesday, I wanted to give you a little bit of inspiration. Quote, Find a purpose in life so big, it will challenge every capacity to be at your best. David O. McKay. Oh, and one more thing before we get to today's post. Don't forget, I answer your questions every Friday. And we recently started taking questions by email. So if you don't want to call in and leave a voicemail with your question, you can email your question to health at oldpodcast.com. That's health at oldpodcast.com. And I thank you in advance for sending your questions. All right, now it's time to get to today's post and start optimizing your life. Can You Turn Fat Into Muscle? by Sirdar Tunjala of nerdgettingfit.com. That's the dream, right? Turning fat into muscle. If only you could find that magical formula to turn fat into muscle. But is it even a real possibility? Can you do this? Not so fast. The Biology of Turning Fat into Muscle. There is no process in the body that turns fat into muscle. Fat cells and muscle cells are completely different and one doesn't turn into the other. Your muscles don't turn into fat when you stop working out either. What's happening then? How does an individual that carries extra body fat turn into a muscular stud? More importantly, how can you turn into that muscular stud? Let's deconstruct the process. How fat burning works. Fat burning occurs in the body constantly. Fat is an energy source for your body. Another energy source is carbohydrate. 
However, the body usually doesn't pick one or the other 100% of the time, but there are some exceptions. If there is a need for urgent energy, it is much more efficient to turn carbohydrates into sugar or glucose to use for energy. For example, if you're sprinting or lifting a really heavy weight, your body taps into carbohydrates almost exclusively for energy. On the other hand, if you're just walking at a leisurely pace and you haven't eaten any carbohydrates recently, your body prefers to burn fat. However, just because you're burning fat at a given time doesn't mean you are losing weight or losing fat. Over the course of 24 hours, if you end up replacing the calories you burn with food, you will replace the fat your body has burnt. In order to get rid of your body fat then, you need to live in a calorie deficit and let your body use your body fat for energy instead of the foods you eat. How muscle building works. As opposed to the popular belief, muscle cells don't divide. Instead, they grow in size as a response to overload. When muscle fibers get damaged due to exercise, cells around the muscle cells called satellite cells are recruited for muscle damage repair. As a result of this repair, muscle grows, which is called hypertrophy. Dr. Neil here for a quick aside. If you listen to episodes 1025 and 1026 from earlier this week, you know all about hypertrophy now. All right, back to the post. The ideal way to maximize muscle growth is still a debate, but a positive nitrogen balance and muscle damage due to resistance training are the requirements for muscle growth. I'm not going to go into much detail about the different views on muscle building, as it takes a whole book to discuss the different views and arguments. All you need to know for now is positive nitrogen balance plus muscle damage equals muscle growth. Can you burn fat and build muscle at the same time? Here is another hot debate in the fitness industry. Can you burn fat and build muscle at the same time? Anytime this question comes up, heated arguments and name-calling ensues. I know I am going to upset some people no matter what I say. So, instead of telling you my own opinion, I'm going to bring in the scientists to tell us. In a clinical trial, subjects consuming a high-protein diet lost fat mass while increasing their lean body mass. And another study shows similar results. Long story short, you can burn fat and build muscle at the same time. Maybe not in the exact same second, but over a period of time. Who can build muscle and lose fat at the same time? Technically, almost anyone can burn fat and build muscle at the same time. However, for trained individuals with low body fat percentages, this is extremely difficult. These folks use meticulous nutrition and exercise strategies to achieve this, albeit at a very minimal level. The more fat you have to lose, the easier it is to lose it. On the other hand, the less muscle mass you have, the easier it is to build muscle. So, if you're a beginner in both aspects, meaning you have a lot of fat to lose and a lot of muscle to gain, losing fat and building muscle at the same time is possible and likely easier for you. Follow these steps to lose fat and build muscle at the same time. One, stay in a moderate calorie deficit. Reducing your food intake by about 500 calories per day should be enough. Two, eat a high-protein diet. All the studies I reference show that subjects following high-protein diets lost fat and gained lean body mass at the same time. Start with one gram of protein per pound of body weight and increase as needed. Three, lift heavy weights. Your muscles need resistance to grow. The most efficient way to stimulate muscle growth is challenging your muscles with weightlifting. The argument about the optimum rep range for hypertrophy is still ongoing, but you don't need to worry about that. The more sets you do close to muscular failure, the more muscle growth you'll experience. Reaching that failure at three reps versus 15 reps doesn't differ much in terms of hypertrophy. Four, limit cardio. 
Yes, you heard right. Doing hours of cardio will only hinder your muscle building. Be active, but keep the amount of cardio you do to a minimum. Five, experiment with carb timing. I'm not really into giving too much effort to things that make only a little bit of difference. And I must confess, I'm not totally convinced about meal timing and carb timing, but I believe it may be beneficial to give this a try. Eating your carbs around your workouts before and after may make a difference. The idea is that eating carbs before a workout will increase your performance. Thus, you will work out harder. This way, you will get better results. And eating carbs after a workout will replenish your glycogen stores and help with recovery. This way, those carbs will be used to fill your muscles instead of being used as energy or being stored as fat. Again, I'm not 100% convinced, but give it a try. You just listened to the post titled, Can You Turn Fat Into Muscle? by Sirdar Tunjala of nerdgettingfit.com. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. There are theories as to why higher protein diets may lead to more fat loss or weight loss in general. One is that protein tends to stimulate the production of hormones that make us feel full. Also, protein tends to stabilize blood sugar levels. This is because protein doesn't get converted to sugar as easily as carbohydrates do. So by eating protein, you may end up stabilizing blood sugar levels, meaning you won't get those dramatic spikes and dips in blood sugar that eating, say, a candy bar may cause. If you've ever experienced a dip in your blood sugar, it's like you have less control over your choices. Everything sounds good. But when your blood sugar is stabilized, you're less likely to experience some of those cravings. So after eating a protein-rich meal or snack, you may end up feeling less hungry, which means you may end up consuming fewer calories throughout the day. This may help with step one that Sirdar was discussing, limiting your calories. Oh, and remember how Sirdar was discussing that thing about nitrogen balance? Nitrogen balance and strength training leads to muscle growth. Well, guess where that nitrogen comes from? Protein. Proteins are made partly of nitrogen, so our bodies naturally get nitrogen from protein-rich foods. Now, I must say, a higher-protein diet isn't for everyone. If you get a lot of your protein from red meat, for example, it may lead to inflammation in the body. It's dependent on the person. But remember, protein is found in many foods, both plant and animal-based. In fact, researchers recently discovered that, in addition to soy, chia and quinoa are complete proteins, meaning they contain all of the amino acids we need to build muscle. Now, Sirdar mentioned this in his post as well, but if you want an idea of how much actual protein you need each day for muscle growth, the American College of Sports Medicine recommends about 
one gram of protein per kilogram body weight. For those of us in the US, this usually means we need to convert our body weight from pounds to kilograms. If you already know your body weight in kilograms, then use that number and that's how many grams of protein you should be getting. Really simple math. But if you don't know your body weight in kilograms and want to use ACSM's recommendations to estimate how much protein you need each day, we'll simplify things by just taking your body weight in pounds and divide that by two. It makes the math simple. If you weigh 150 pounds, for example, divide that by two, you get 75. That's about how many grams of protein you need each day, 75. If you weigh 130 pounds, divide that number by two. What do you end up with? 65. That's about how many grams of protein, 65, you need each day. That math isn't too bad, right? Oh, and one last thing about carbs. Some studies have shown that eating carbohydrate with protein after a workout may help the body absorb that protein even more. So I like that Sirdar mentioned eating carbs before and after a workout. That's also something the American College of Sports Medicine recommends, by the way. All right, that does it for today. I hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday and I'll see you back here on tomorrow's show where your optimal life awaits.